Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife Beth. On a marvelous Monday. I mean to tell you. And we are going to hit it strong for 2024. Amen. Because today we're going to talk about one of your favorite scriptures. We really are and the fact that God thinks you're special. All right. In fact, he says you're special. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. If you've been blessed, you were told as a child how special you are or were. Or were and are. (laughs) If you're really blessed, you've heard how special you are from your wife or husband, children, co-workers, and others. But if you've never been told how special you are, don't fret, because the great I am, the everlasting one. Thanks, you're special. And you know, the most important thing is, if you've never really been told that, when you realize that God loves you as much as he does, it means extra, extra, extra much. That's it. To you, really. He lays this out in 1 Thessalonians <laughs> chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 5, Message Bible. Every time we thank of you, we thank God for you. Day and night, you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in following the Master, our Master, Jesus Christ, before God our Father. This and this now, Scripture goes on to say, it's clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but he also put his hand on you for something special. When the message we preach came to you, it wasn't just words. Something happened in you. The Holy Spirit but steal in your convictions. Mm. There's one sentence which you should personalize and get deep down in your spirit. It's clear to us, friends, that God not only loves Rena, but very much he also has put his hand on her for something special. Hallelujah. It's clear to us, friends, <clears throat> that God not only loves you and loves Malk, but very, he's put his hand for something very special on mouth. Hmm. There are seven powerful thoughts in this passage of Scripture that equal one powerful encouragement for everyone who's ever gone through or is going through a battle. Number one, every time we thank of you, we thank God for you. I'm going to make that statement again. We thank... We thank God we thank, for you. Yes. Every time we think of you, we thank God for you. Yes, and we do often. We do, daily. Sadly, there are some believers on this call who will say, nobody knows I'm alive. Nobody's thinking about me. So how can they possibly be thanking God for me? First and most importantly, God knows you're alive. In Hebrews 13.5, 13.5 says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you'll never be alone since he's always thinking about you. Second, if you want something else thinking of, if you want someone else thinking about you and thanking God for you, then you got a part to play in that manifestation. Yes, indeed. And third, you get prayed for every morning when you're on this call because we like to make a, well, a habit of it. Yes, we do. So why would we be praying for you in such a manner? First, it's always right to pray for one another. And second, it blesses us to be able to see you blessed, and that's what we want. That's why we do what we do. First Thessalonians 3.9, 3.9 in the New Living Translation says, how we thank God for you 
Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. And number two, day and night, you're in our prayers. You know, praying for you is not a once-in-a-while thing. It's an ongoing scriptural directive, and we like work in the Word. 2 Timothy 1.3, 2 Timothy 1 verse 3 in the classic Amplified says, I thank God whom I worship with a pure conscience in the spirit of my fathers that when without ceasing I remember you night and day in my prayers. When we pray for one another on a continual basis, there's a powerful scriptural dynamic that gets loosed into our lives, and we love this. It's James 5.16, 5.16 in the classic Amplified. It says, confess to one another, therefore, your faults or your slips or your false steps or your offenses or your sins, and pray also for one another, whom that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. I could really preach this yes, you scripture. Could. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous faith power available, dynamic in its working. Number three. When, ooh, I could pray. I could just really want to preach on that. But <laughs> well, I'll do it. I will refrain for the moment. Okay. Maybe, maybe later. Soon. Number three, we will remember what you've done and who you are. Not only are we to pray for one another without ceasing, we're to recall all the good things that you've done, bring them to our remembrance, and more importantly, to our attention. To his attention. His attention, I'm sorry. His attention. First Thessalonians 1.3, Message Bible. We call to mind your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope, and the following, well, in following our Master, Jesus Christ, before God our Father. Truthfully, we could do an entire teaching yes. on any of these three items mentioned in this verse. I just have a lot of rabbit trails I could go down on that <laughs> one. <laughs> but we're going to be brief. If you want your work of faith called to mind by those remembering and praying for you, then it's a pretty certain thing that you need to be a walking and living by faith in such a way that it's obvious to those around you. Remember, never doubt, never doubt the Word of God and His precious promises. See, doubt and faith can't live in the same house. F.F. Bosworth said that. And I'm not talking about a geographical house. We're talking about you. The temple of the Holy Spirit. As a born-again believer, everything we say, do, or think should be done in love according to the Word. Finally, we have to have patience in knowing that if God said it, it's mm -hmm. going to come to pass. It's, it's not going to just be a feeling. Sometimes the enemy is going to throw things in there and say, well, you don't have faith. You don't have this. Say, hey, you're a liar. And That's I'm right. standing on the word. It doesn't matter what I feel. I am standing on the word because Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. You know, our personal demonstration of his faith, his love, and his patience in our lives are three characteristics that make people remember who we are and what we've done. So four, God loves you and he has something special for you. You know, years ago, there was a church lady, good gracious, on Saturday Night Live, that's been a number of years ago, and she goes, your, we don't, we didn't watch it, but we used to sure hear about it from other people, because we had a gal that worked for us, and she goes, you're special. Can I say, can you say special? <laughs> but, you know, even though all that mockery, so to speak. You know, the, tr the truth of the matter is, is that God does think you're special. 
And the, he is the not a fictional character. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the yes. creator. And he loves you. And he thinks that you are top of the line because he would never have chosen you if he didn't. And you are made in his image. So when God has his hand on you, you can do special things. He'll do special things through you beyond human comprehension. We don't want to miss any of those manifestations that he wants to use. Sometimes even a word to somebody, you have no idea the impact it has on their lives. Number five, the Bible's more than just words to you. It's a lifestyle. Neither God nor the Bible are to be treated like a spare tire on a car, only used in case of emergency. Thank God everybody listening to this call is on board and this can also, understands. Yes. This can also be an entire teaching. But we think the words found in Job 23.12, 23.12, New Living Translation, really kind of says it. I have not departed from his commands, but we have treasured his words more than daily food. Mm. Chewing on the word should be just as important as the food you eat because they both sustain life. That is so true. Number six, something has happened in you. As you receive an act on what we were talking about in 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 5, then it becomes clearly obvious that you're not the same person you used to be. Remember when you got born again? Maybe you didn't, you were a child, but Romans 12, 2, 12, 2, New Living Translation says, and admonishes us and tells us, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think, that's called getting in the word every day and, you know, and putting it to practice in our life when he shows us stuff, then it's clearly obvious to every person who knows and meets you. When you hug someone, the fruit of the Spirit will just come oozing out of you because you will not just be filled with who you are. You are filled with Almighty God, the Holy Ghost. You will clearly be a testimony of His transforming power. The desire to be a better person comes from our Heavenly Father because it is built into our DNA. However, we are the ones who choose whether we want to live in His Word or not. Number seven. The Holy Spirit will put steel in your convictions. One of your favorite phrases. I know. Years ago, I read a powerful book entitled A Man of Steel and Velvet. The book is available, interestingly enough, as a free download. Simply go to google.com and type Man of Steel and Velvet, Man of Steel and Velvet, free PDF in the search engine. And we'll pull a copy of the book. You to download. And you have it on your bookshelf. I do. When you have steel in your commitments, convictions, you'll not be swayed by every harebrained idea that comes along. Ephesians 4.14, 4.14, classic Amplified. Since then, we will no longer be children, tossed like ships to and fro, between gusts of teaching and wavering every changing wind of doctrine. The prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery in inventing errors to mislead. And, yeah, inventing errors to mislead. Mm. Child of God, <clears throat> your Heavenly Father wants you to meditate on this teaching 
and these words found in 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 5. And never doubt how special you are to him and to us. One final quote and some great advice from country singer and actress Reba McIntyre, who said to succeed in life, you need three things. A wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. And the most important thing you need is a relationship with the Lord. That's it. Hallelujah. Well, until tomorrow morning at 830 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. Bye-bye.